Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Hoop Chatter. As always, I'm Mark Morrison III with my boys Rob and Tarka. If you don't know their full names by now, it's Rob McPherson and Kevin Tarka, the super analyst and the super agent, as I call them. So listen, today's episode is going to be short and sweet. We got an argument we want to throw out into the airwaves. We'd love for you guys all to chime in on our Instagram, at Hoop Chatter Podcast, as well as, um, shoot, email us. Info at AboveMaxBball.org. We love engaging with our audience with some of these arguments, especially these short and sweet ones where you never know. We might even take something that you submit and turn it into an episode. So listen, Rob, what are we arguing about today, man? What's the lip spar challenge of the day? <laughs> so, so, so today, you know, in light of the 10-part docuseries ESPN's dropping on the Chicago Bull Dynasty coming up, um, we want to debate which three-peat was more impressive by the Bulls, the 1991 to 1993 three-peat or the 1996 to 1998 three-peat? Okay, and do you want to lead off with your thought? Well, actually, for the audience, I want to cater to the audience, bro. Tell us who, or just give us a rundown of each three-peat, right? Who the Bulls faced each year in the finals. You don't got to go into details of the playoffs and all that, but who they faced in the finals, changes that might have been made. Uh, key injuries that might have taken place, things like that. Give everybody context. Yeah. So so the first championship Jordan won was against the 1991 Los Angeles Lakers. Um, you know, that was kind of the end of that L.A. Showtime dynasty on the back end of, of you know, Kareem's career. Um, Magic, you know, before the, before the, the, the HIV announcement. Um, 1992, it was Jordan and the Bulls versus the Trailblazers. That Clyde Drexler uh, Blazer squad. Um, pretty good team, won the West. You know, after that, they kind of broke up, never heard from them again, but they were a solid, solid team in that late 80s, early 90s. Um, 93, the Bulls played the Suns. That was Charles Barkley's MVP year, and I believe the Suns had the best record in the league that year. Um, you know, Charles Barkley, Kevin Johnson, Dan Marley, that was the makeup of that that 93 Suns team. In between the two years, uh, the Rockets won a, a, a back-to-back, um, during Jordan's retirement, 18 months in. And then when Jordan came back in his first full season back, the Bulls went on to the championship to play the Sonics. That was Sean Kemp and Gary Payton, dealt with shrimp on that roster. And then the 97 and 98 championships were versus the Utah Jazz, that Stockton and Malone dynasty, Jerry Stone, Byron Russell, Greg Ostertag, Jeff Hornacek, and those guys. Thank you, man. Thanks for the rundown. For those of you who didn't know, um, when we're talking about this dynasty, I like, yo, winning three in a row is crazy. Doing it twice is just absolutely nuts. I know we talk about how crazy of a player Michael Jordan was. Um, but when you dive into it, you just look at the coaching, when you look at the players, you just look at the culture the Bulls had. I can't wait for this documentary to release on the 19th. Now, with all that being said, Tarka, with everything you know, man, do you have a, a, a pick of which one you think is more impressive? I do. I mean, I, I think just to kind of lead off, I will say that if you're listening to this, like you're probably not understanding some of these names and have no idea who Greg Ostertag is or Sean Kemp and Gary Payton, you know, in their prime or um, Clyde Rexler. You know, I mean, these the I, I was two or th- you know we were two or three years old during this time, right? Or during that first time, so right, yeah. we had to watch film ourselves on some of these guys, and I still have to have to watch film on some of this to. And, and, and see the stats and the highlights. So if you're listening to this and you are younger and you have no idea what we're talking about, now's probably a good time to kind of watch some of the 
these these guys' games back in the day. Um, yeah. Anyways, with that being said, Parker um, always with the gems, baby. Yeah, always, <laughs> man, always. With that being said, um, I mean, I I I I like the second one better. Um, you know, it was just just for a couple reasons. I mean, one, I think it's always more impressive when you can win three in a row when you're older. Not that it was like a ten year difference, but it you know you know 1991 and 1998 are definitely a difference. So for for Jordan um, to be able to do that um, at two different times in his career is impressive. But also, I think something that we can talk about now is that um, you know in addition to like Jordan's runs and Jordan's three peats and the Bulls three peats. I mean, there was two guys that were there for both of them, right? Mm-hmm. It was Jordan and Pippen and everyone else, um, you know, it was interchanged between a long list of guys, some of which were there for all three of the first ones. Some of it were there for all three, the second one. Um, but mm-hmm. for me, I like the second one also because it's, it's kind of a better storyline. It had a lot more, you know, like characters. I mean, you have, you have Steve Kerr, Tony Kukoc, Luke Longley, Dennis Rodman, right? Those are the core guys. Like those are guys that, you know, have, very uh let's say let's call it outgoing personalities and different necessities as their player personnel goes versus you know the first group that kind of i think maybe played a little bit better together and kind of let jordan and pippen do you know run the show like completely i mean correct me if i'm wrong or if you have a different opinion but that's yeah that's just kind of my my first take and then the other main reason is just a selfish one and um, Scotty Burrell was my coach at Quinnipiac and he was actually there for the last championship with Jordan in 1998. So, so, wow. so I was able to hear, I mean, not, not like crazy stories, but just kind of get that perspective of like what it was like playing with Jordan and playing with all these guys. Um, you know, he has a ring to show for that. So it was, it, I mean, that was, that was kind of more of a selfish, cool reason that I like the second one, but that's my little two minute take. Cool. Yeah. I, I love those arguments. I think all of your arguments is why it was really tough for me. I wanted to fight against the bias of me being uh, a little kid during that second run. So I know, like, every, I know who Steve Kerr and Tony Kukoc and those guys are because, like, that was who you were watching. Mm-hmm. I don't care where you were. I don't care what kind of kids you were. You were watching the Chicago Bulls in that second dynasty if you were born, you know, in the, in the early 90s like we were, right? So I tried to eliminate that bias. Everything that you said about the different personalities and all that, I absolutely agree with. But it's also kind of why I think that first that first uh, round of championships is more impressive. And here's why. A, I think that when a team is winning and is successful and you have a player like Michael Jordan, you attract better talent, better staff, better everything, more resources. And I think that second round of championships reap the benefits of that. Definitely. Um, I think that I think that Jordan being young and having to face the players that he grew up or grew up in basketball emulating and growing up under and really taking a backseat to, talking about Magic and Clyde, right, who way back then was – you know, Claude DeGlaude, everyone was talking about he was, I say this with a grain of salt, but, you know, Jordan before Jordan, right? He was one of the premier high-flying guards. Like, every every guard wasn't like that, right? So, with all that being said, for him to, in back-to-back years, get a dub over those two, um, I, I'm taking that first one simply off of that, simply off of the more organic fashion of the team, like you just stated. 
the stronger and, and more focused hunger of, of that group. Um, and just getting it done three years in a row, man, I do like the concept of Jordan retiring and then coming back and winning. Um, but again, you know, they scooped up Rodman for the second three. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of th- reasons why I think that not that the second three wasn't impressive. I just think that, again, the first the first three were, were more impressive, a little more difficult. And not to mention they played a different opponent every year. Um, I, I would have loved to see them match up against Hakeem at one point. Sucks that they, they never did in the finals. Yep. Um, which is like a whole nother conversation. But I like that they played three different opponents. It also sucks for, uh, you know, Stockton and Malone to have two L's in the finals versus them and not be able to get a ring their whole career, really kind of, you know, because of Jordan. But at the end of the day, we know dynasties uh, back-to-back. You, you lose to someone one year, it's hard to come back and beat them the next year. Um you know, they just had the upper hand, and I think it was a little easier that they played two teams in back-to-back years for the chip. Um, I thought that that last championship was like a shoe-in for them, and they they just handled business. So that's my take, man. I'm going with the first the first batch of championships. I like that. I, I, I think my favorite argument out of those is the one that, you know, when you, when you start to win a championship, you attract better talent, so it's almost harder at first. Um, yeah, I like that. I like that a lot because that's very true. You know, you can even see that today. Once you start having winning seasons, um, obviously a lot has changed with the amount of cap space and, and, and how you can fill those rosters. Um, but once you start winning, high-level players want to come, and that's what happened for that second three-peat. So, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Cool, Thank you. cool. Rob, um, take us yeah, home, baby. So I'm going to jump yeah, in. Yeah, take us home. This is, it. This is, this is your uh, – this is your spot, man, your spotlight. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I, I respect everything both you guys are saying. Art, um, you know, coming in, talking about that first championship team, um, you know, those are a lot of key points you made, man. I mean, I think Jordan's best finals appearance was in 91. Um, and, 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 to, and for him, he had never gotten there before, right? So to get there and then win three in a row your first three times in the finals is is, is nuts. nuts. And, and then to take out Magic, right, who had who was the previous MVP winner in 90, 1989 and 1990, right, back-to-back, um, to then be Drexler and Barkley, who won the MVP that year, those are all, you know, amazing accomplishments by that team, by him. But I do have to say that 96-98 dynasty – um, was more impressive in, in, in for a couple of reasons, right? The guy took 18 months off away from basketball and was playing baseball, right? That time off allowed the NBA and players to catch up somewhat to what he was doing, right? When, when, when Jordan really emerged and came on the scene in, I believe, 87, 88, when he won his first MVP, from then into that three-peat, he was doing things guys had never seen before done, on the, bas- on the basketball fact. floor. So that time away allowed the competition to, to get better, allowed the game to evolve for guys to kind of catch up, number one. Yeah, that's that's when, like, AI, Kobe, all they those guys started getting Yep, drafted. Ray Allen. Like, those guys were coming in the league, right? I mean, look, Sean Kemp was, was Blake Griffin before Blake, right? Like, you, like it, was just, it was just different different guys now coming into their own. Um, that Shaq and, and Penny Hardaway team that the Bulls actually lost to when Jordan came back midway through the, I believe, the 95, 94, 95 season. That team, right. you know, was right there. So um, that's number one. Number two, 
this second three P was also after Jordan's dad died. So mm-hmm. that's that's a whole different animal just away from basketball that you have to deal with mentally that you play, you know, you play that game and how influential his father was to him in sports. And then to lose that, that centerpiece, that rock right there for you, and then go back to basketball and have to have that same drive and competitive nature um, to do another three-peat after taking two years off. Those two things alone make it more impressive, but from a basketball standpoint where it really gets good, the 95, 96 Bulls were 72 and 10. At that time, the best record in, in regular season record in NBA history. Okay, that next year they won sixty nine games. They lost the last two regular season games. They were two games away from being seventy two and eleven. That's one hundred forty three wow. games over a two year span. And then the final year they won sixty two games. Right. Jordan's most iconic playoff game, the flu game, was in that three peat. Okay. And then he also had probably the most iconic image ever during that three-peat was that last shot versus Byron Russell in Utah, the push-off for the game and, and closing out that sixth championship. Um, a lot of these factors, you know, for that team, I think make it more impressive just off the court and on. And knowing that that dynasty was coming to an end, all those players on that team knew that was their last go-around. Even though they won six championships, they were playing for their sixth championship in eight years. Management was terrible during that time with them. They knew that was it. And to block all that out, to get it done, to get three in a row with all those different things going on, I, I think that makes it more impressive. Once you that last point yeah, is big. That's a that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, point. once you get there to win is hard, but staying there is even harder. And they did that with that ninety six or ninety eighteen. Wow, great point, bro. Honestly, great point. I think that um I'm looking at, yo, I don't know about you guys. I've been, I, I mean, have, have either of you, because we're all talented players, I guess, right? We played some level of college and whatever, right? So we are sort of the upper echelon, like B tier, right? Silver <laughs> tier of, <laughs> of, of basketball players, right? So have either of you ever been on a team that has won like that, whether it be back-to-back championships or just like an amazing winning record? Um, because I, I personally no, have it. I haven't. <laughs> I have not. You know, no. I remember talking. We played in the same county. I, you know, you remember when I played at Bridgewater, mm-hmm. right? Um, they were able to win three straight county championships, and we we won over twenty games and all that. And it was impressive. I was I was blessed to be a part of two of those, and then a, a third run where we actually lost in the, in the semifinals or whatever. But I'm saying all that to say. That's school, like where changes aren't really made. Like you got what you got for four years. There's no money involved. There's not grown many yep. egos, right? Yo, this the two dynasties of back, has that that's never been done in the NBA bef- uh, before or after. I, that, I correct? don't think so. I don't think so. And you know what's crazy? With you bringing up egos and all that at that time in that second three pre, Dennis Rodman was more popular than Jordan, which people don't don't realize. Like, Dennis Rodman himself had his own show, his own following, his own fan group, his own... I wouldn't say more popular. Bro, bro. Like, at, like, that, at that time, that whole bad boy and Rodman with the tattoos, dressing like a woman, spray-painting the hair, spitting on refs. Like, yo, Rodman... Yo, he was more, like, the, the, the limelight was, like... I don't know how to explain it. 
like, yeah, he turned more heads, bro, but more popular than Jordan is wild. Jordan's one of the most popular athletes of bro, all time. Bro, that little stretch, it was – Rodman, <laughs> Rodman was the was the attention getter <laughs> for them Bulls, bro. Like, he was out here acting up. <laughs> yeah, and in Steve, in Steve Jackson's book, he did state that um, that was a bit of a distraction for the team and it was, like, something that they did have to overcome. So, you guys both made super valid points, man. To wrap up here, as we like I said, this episode is going to be short and sweet. Who, besides Jordan, was your favorite player from all six teams? Tark, I'll let you go first, and we'll wrap it up. I mean, I can't not say Scotty Burrell. I will take that answer, Rob. What was yours, man? I would say I would say uh, Ron Harper. Ooh. Oh my god, you want to be I would say so I would say, I Ron say Harper, bro. He was a 6-6 guard. He he could defend, handle the rock, had a little nice little jump shot, get in the lane, little freaking He Harper. was smooth, yo. Like Ron Harper was smooth. Smooth. He was a definitely a nice little role player, nice little pickup, man. That's that's a great answer. Um Chaka, yours was great too. Right? Shout out to your college coach. Well, listen guys, we're wrapping up here. Thank you all for tuning in. That is episode, I think, 18. If I'm saying the wrong number or whatever, you see it on your screen. Episode 18 of Hoop Chatter. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Hoop Chatter Podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, all that good stuff on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, any other ones you guys can think of. Like, share, subscribe on it. And check us out. Some of our episodes, we have some YouTube specials if you want to follow Above Max Basketball on YouTube. With all that being said, we will chat later. Peace.